Live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. So it's the early 1970s, and I have packed an overnight bag, and I'm sitting at my kitchen table, and I'm trying to write a note. I'm writing a note to my brand new husband, and I'm telling him that I'm leaving him to be with another man. So it's really hard to write this note, and I'm having a hard time finding the words, mostly because I'm really confused. I can't even really explain and understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. I really wish I had someone to talk to, but I don't have anybody to talk to about this. So I just write, Dear Lenny, I'm going with Jim. I'm sorry, Lynn. And I prop this note up on the kitchen table, and I take my bag, and I walk out of our home. And that's the last communication that we had. So Jim was a neighbor, a friend of ours. We had known he and his girlfriend ever since we moved to the area. And now I felt like I'd fallen in love with Jim. And that wasn't part of my game plan at all. Lenny and I, we knew each other for more than two years. We'd just gotten married. And now I felt like I was in love with someone else. And I really didn't believe that you could be happily married and in love and then be attracted and drawn to someone else. To me, that was something that you read about, you know, like in a romance novel, or you saw it in a movie like Camelot or Dr. Zhivago. It didn't happen in real life. I can remember the day that I met Lenny as if it happened yesterday. We were both 23 years old. I was living in the Bay Area and I worked at a Pete's coffee shop. And one day, my friend Stephen comes walking in the door and he's with someone I, you know, I don't recognize. You know, handsome guy, big beautiful beard, long brown ponytail. I go over to pour them coffee. Stephen says, Lynn, I, I want you to meet my cousin, Lenny. Just moved here from New York. Lenny smiles at me and says, hey, nice to meet you. In the most intriguing, thick East Coast accent, <laughs> this West Coast girl had ever heard. <laughs> there was also like this like instant chemistry, right? We started seeing one another, and when you're young, romance can just happen really fast. And we fell in love, and we moved in together. 
And we started sharing this, you know, hippie, bohemian lifestyle in that post summer of love era. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, if you were there at that time, it was so cool and so awesome. It was very magical. So we started talking about getting a farm, you know, doing the back to the land thing. Everybody was doing the back to the land thing. So Lenny knew some people in upstate New York. They were getting a farm. He thought, let's, let's go back there. I thought that sounded great. What an adventure. So we bought an old pickup, packed up our belongings, and we headed north. We were going to go and see my folks up in Washington before we traveled across country. Well, let's just say that the beauty of the Pacific Northwest and the Cascades won us, and we never left. We found a little farm to rent. We started collecting livestock, planted a garden, and we were so happy. I mean, we were like living our dream. And we found ourselves surrounded by quite a few other young couples that were doing exactly the same thing that we were doing. So we had people to have meals with. We'd do you know, projects together. We'd trade drugs. You know? <laughs> That's what you did back then. Um, and and it was it was it was pretty pretty fun, um, and when not, we weren't farming, we would all head down to the creek that ran through the valley where we lived, and we'd have picnics, we'd have bonfires, uh, we'd get you know stone go skinny dipping, I mean you can't really beat that lifestyle. Um, it was awesome and it was really fun. And Lenny and I, we were, you know, totally in love, having a great time, and we decided that we were going to get married. And true to the kind of, you know, unorthodox lifestyle we had adopted, I created um, our wedding invitations. And on the cover, I drew this little cluster of liberty caps or psilocybin mushrooms. <laughs> our, our pastures were full of them, um, so it was, it was pretty apropos. Uh, I, I borrowed a dress from a neighbor. I made our wedding cake, and we invited everybody to this potluck and big square dance. And our friend, Juan, he married us on his farm on the banks of the creek. It was very beautiful and really wonderful. And we were super happy. And then, you know, came this simple twist of fate. One of those things that happens and your world gets turned upside down. Yeah, and your world gets turned upside down. 
spring turned into summer. Now, a lot of our group had day jobs, but there were some of us that didn't have day jobs. Lenny had a day job, but I didn't. And that summer, Jim didn't have a day job either. So when this group would finish with our morning chores, we'd go down to the creek, catch some rays, get high, go swimming, you know, and that was pretty wonderful. And it was during this time that I found myself to be like the sympathetic ear, right? The confidant for Jim. And I was hearing about, you know, the troubles in his relationship and the trials and tribulations that he was facing. And then how much he admired and liked me. And you know, I was flattered. I was young. I started to innocently flirt back. I didn't really think anything of it. But as the days went by, I started to doubt my own relationship. You know, what, what feelings did I really have? I even thought about what it would be like to be with Jim. Any of this sound familiar to anyone? <laughs> okay, well now I know that it happens all the time to people around the world. It has plagued couples since the beginning of time. Well, I kind of thought, you know, that I was worldly and wise. But I was really young and naive. I mean, I knew nothing, really about love or relationships or marriage. I was a product of the 50s. Strict Catholic upbringing and surrounded by that father knows best mentality. You know, I was opinionated, pretty headstrong and somewhat rebellious. I was living for today. None of us were going to live to be 30 anyway. Jim and I, we weren't having an affair. There was never any sex. I hadn't even kissed him. But in my heart, I had already betrayed Lenny. His love and his trust, I was so ashamed. I didn't know how to talk to him about any of this. I couldn't. I was just confused. I couldn't understand. I could not reconcile the conflicting and complete competing emotions that I was having. I loved Lenny. I thought I loved Jim too. So I left, thinking that was the best thing to do. And I had no idea of the pain or the heartbreak or the unanswered questions that I was leaving behind.
you know, our friends, my friends, my family, they pretty much disowned me for quite a while. They were ashamed and embarrassed by what had happened. They couldn't understand it. And I didn't blame them. Jim and I did get married and we had beautiful kids and we had a good life together. But I have to tell you that years into that marriage, I found a note propped up on my pillow on the bed telling me that he was leaving to be with a friend of mine. So over the years, you know, I've thought about Lenny and I wondered what had happened to him and, and how his life had turned out. Most of all, I just wanted to apologize. You know, I wanted to say I'm sorry. And I felt bad about how I had behaved. I mean, how immature, how insensitive to do that to somebody who had been so kind and loving to, to me. And I would reach out, but that door was always closed to me. So for almost 40 years, I carried that guilt and that shame until last summer. In July, I got word that Lon, our friend that had married us so long ago, had passed away. And I connected with his wife, and I was learning about the celebration of his life that they'd be having on the farm in a few weeks. And she suggested that I reach out to Lenny and make sure that he knew. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, he's not, he's not going to talk to me. Well, I thought about that, you know, for a few days. And I finally got up the courage. And thanks to the technology we have, I, um, I, I sent him a friend message. And I said, uh, hi, it's me. <laughs> have you heard about Juan? and his passing. There'll be a celebration for him in a few weeks. I really didn't expect to hear from him. About a day passed and then here was this response. I almost couldn't read it, but I did. And it said, yeah, I, I, I know. And I'll be at the party. Ooh, I didn't expect that. Uh, what would I say to him? What would he say to me? Would I even recognize him? Maybe I wouldn't go after all. And just in case I got cold feet, I'm going to apologize right now. So I messaged him back. You know, thanks for being in touch. I've, I've always just wanted to apologize. I feel bad about what happened. I'm sorry. Well, I swear within seconds, there was this message back. Now that you've opened that old wound, do you want to tell me what you were thinking the day you left? Oh, oh. oh my God. 
So that's how the conversation started. Me trying to explain my behavior, my actions, how I felt, what I was going through with the beauty of hindsight and, oh yeah, the, the wisdom of age. And I heard all about how devastated he'd been and how sad he was for so long and how he just couldn't understand. He couldn't understand. We were just married. We were in love. But for the most part, then we started talking about the things that we'd done and the way our life was and the adventures that we'd had. All of those things that had been buried and forgotten for so long because of the pain associated with them. On the day of Lon's life celebration, I was walking along a trail in the woods on the farm. And then on the trail in front of me, there was Lenny. And I saw him with my 23-year-old eyes. And my heart leapt into my throat. And we hugged and we held each other. And we walked down to the creek to talk. And as we sat there, you know, I mean, the words just tumbled out, you know about our marriages and our kids and our jobs and where we traveled, you know, fitting 40 years into an hour. But we knew we had to get back for the ceremony. And we were getting up to go and I looked at Lenny and I'm like, you know, I really am sorry. I never meant to hurt you. I loved you. And Lenny, he smiles back. No more apologies, Lynn. I loved you too. And I forgive you. 